Hello and welcome to Dab Without Borders, a podcast about the messiness of modern day dadding and the challenge of long distance parenting. My name is Blue and I am a Dab Without Borders. Hello and welcome back to Dab Without Borders. And this week um, I wanted to start with just talking about personal development and uh, taking care of ourselves. Um, one of the things I've realized with parenting uh, more than anything else is that it's a journey in personal growth. Um, and really that is the biggest, like our kids are the our biggest teachers. They push our buttons, they trigger us, and it's up to us to whether we want to um, grow as a parent and maybe address some of the, the issues that we might have, whatever they may be. Um, and so in the last two weeks, uh, one thing that I've done, so I'm, I'm all about going to a professional to help me with parenting. Uh, so I, I don't do it too often, but I have been to, she's been on the show, Catherine Williams, a number of times. Um, I also get a lot from speaking to other dads as well um, on this show, which has been really great. Um, because it, you know, you can learn from each other. You know, we're all our own experts. We all have wisdom to share if we've been in the parenting journey for a while. Um, all, we all have our own experience of that. So that's really valuable to share. But a professional, um, I just find sometimes they have just that that extra layer, that depth um, that helps us understand the feelings that we're having and the experiences we're having with our kid. Um, and particularly around secure attachment, Catherine Williams has been amazing. Um, don't everybody go and phone her up um, because she's very busy um, and she probably won't be able to fit everybody in. Uh, but I just mentioned her because she's been my go-to and she's been a huge, huge help um, in helping build my confidence around parenting. And so in the last three weeks, um, something that she doesn't usually do with parents on a personal growth kind of personal development way, uh, but is EMDR. EMDR is something that um, younger people can can do. And I know she works with um, kids of a certain age. It can't be young kids necessarily, but she does do it with with kids, but she did it with me because we have done a lot of work around secure attachment, excuse me, um, with my child who's nine years years old now, who since the age of, well, just before he was turned five, he moved to the UK. And so I've been on this crazy parenting journey to figure out how can I best support him. Um, and tons of the stuff that I do relates to parents that are parenting their child in the same household full time. Um, you know, it doesn't, things that I do are definitely relevant to people on an everyday sort of basis. Um, but I just go that extra depth with parenting my kid overseas because it feels like, you know, there's just that extra distance, of course. So, you know, I'm, it's a challenge, put it that way. Um, so what I've just done is EMDR therapy. Um, so that is, I've got it up here on the website so I can actually read it out properly. Uh, it's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy. Um, so what it is, is structured therapy 
Uh, so you, the patient is encouraged to briefly focus on a trauma memory um, while simultaneously experiencing bilateral stimulation. So in my case, it often is the eye, but it doesn't have to be. So it's also sound. Um, and I actually held in my hands these buzzers and I had headphones on. And so the buzzers and the sound were working kind of in conjunction with each other. Um, so as I'm going into my memory, there's a whole process where they set you up to go, go into the memory of whatever that traumatic memory um, might be. Uh, I won't go too deep into this because I'm not an expert that can share it. I've just experienced it. And my wife had really encouraged me to go do it uh, around court and losing custody. Um, and I was kind of resistant. I Not maybe resistant. I just didn't put much focus and energy into, into going and doing it. And then more recently, I just thought, well, why not? You know, we have benefits, so it's covered, um, you know, because it's not necessarily cheap. Um, but it's something that I would really recommend to anybody that's had a traumatic experience. And they've broadened the, ter the definition of trauma. So it used to be something physical, like a car crash, uh, of course, war, soldiers coming back from war. Um, but what I got from... Uh, the, so Catherine's a so clinical social worker. So what I got from her was that it's... Uh, a time where you were maybe like out of control or felt unsafe. And when we talked about it, me being on the stand in court was an experience like that. Like I did feel completely out of control and trapped. And yeah, losing, as she said, like potentially losing custody of your child is a really big deal. Uh, and it was a big deal. And I handled it really well. But at the same time, you know, buried deep, I don't want there to be anger issues um, or anything, you know, any, I don't know what else to say around it other than, you know, maybe ang getting angry easily, which I don't necessarily do. But, you know, it's something that definitely I want to address and make sure that I have kind of dealt with. Those. It's really easy to bury those kind of experiences. Um, and I haven't talked about it a lot. So it was interesting to do this EMDR where she put me into this. She got me to think, put myself in that situation and close my eyes. You don't have to close your eyes, but I closed my eyes to put myself there. Imagine I was sitting there and think of the feelings. And anyway, it's a process. So without going into lots of detail about it, um, I sort of relived that. I relived that experience and it was really intense. I did three sessions. The first one was really intense. Um, and I got quite emotional and it was like a bit of a roller coaster. After that, I didn't really want to do it again. I didn't want to drive in and do another session. And I just did the third one today. And I, while I was doing it, I was I just wanted it to end. I'm like, OK, I'm done with this. I don't really who wants to go and relive those experiences like that. Um, but I would say it's been beneficial I don't know, it's hard to put up my finger on my finger on it completely, but I do feel a, a lot calmer. I've been feeling a lot calmer since that first session. The first session was the most intense one. Um, and I'm mentioning this, why am I mentioning this? I'm mentioning this because I just want to encourage anybody out there, and it doesn't have to be EMDR, but if you've been through a difficult situation and you might be a dad, you might be a mum listening, that maybe has a lot of distance between them and their children. You're alienated or you only see them one weekend a month or you see them one weekend 
um, you know, just at the weekends. Or maybe it's one week on, one week off. Maybe it's months go by, like me, and you don't see your kid. Um, if you're not seeing anybody, I would really encourage you to go and seek help um, and support. And just to talk it, talk it over. Uh, because the one thing that came up as well at the end of this session today, and she said a couple of you know really positive things around my parenting, and to d- today she said, there's many dads out there, and she works with families and parents all the time. There's many dads out there that live in the same house as their kids, and they don't have the kind of connection that you have with your son overseas. So if you are separated from your kid, Um, today I just wanted to kind of reach out and just say hey look you can have an amazing connection with your kid even if you're not with them every day every week even every month like me Um, and there's things that you have to do the work you know it's not just going to happen itself you have to really put the work in and so one thought I wanted to share today was um, well a couple things I guess Um, but how do I do it so one thing a friend of mine said a few years ago when I was go- when I'd lost custody, he said, the thing is, you just have to accept that he's not going to be raised in the way that you want him to be raised. And at the time, I was like, you know, I had to take a deep breath and breathe into that and just sit with it. But what I've realized, certainly this year, as I reflect on that, is that I can 100% impact and affect how he's growing up and how he sees the world. Um, and I'll tell you how. So first of all, he definitely gets a sense of abundance with us in terms of our access to nature, the wilderness, canoeing, biking, all the activities. We live in a mountain town. So when he's with us, I make sure that we, you know, he has access to all the things um, that he has a bike and a skateboard and scooter and that we go in the canoe regularly. We have a paddleboard and I give him this sense of abundance here where it's a playground and I'm going to spend lots of quality time with him while he's here doing the things. So I step up and I skateboard. I take up biking. That's a new thing for me. You know, I do these things and I push myself. Um, so one of the things I do in between, I will mention this, I'm not like a go down the gym kind of guy. But I do have some weights and a climbing wall. And, you know, I do a lot of core exercises as well. So I basically work on avoiding injury and looking after my body and actually training two, you know, probably three or, I don't know, two or three, three or four times a week. I'm not an obsessive, you know, um, but regularly through the week, I'm training in some form or other uh, so that when we're together, I don't have injuries, that I am physically able to go and do the things with him that he wants to do. And I think that's really important. Um, and I'm not a young dad. I'm in my 40s, but I'm not a weak dad either. Um, I would say I'm pretty good shape. So, so yeah, keeping that up is a big thing for me. But the other thing that I noticed too is like in terms of education, he has quite a strict education in the UK. You know, he goes, you know, it's British education. I'm not comparing the schools here with there, but I will say that he's like, he's doing homework. He's nine years old. He has a lot of homework. Uh, he's driven quite hard with the academics, lots of activities too. Like he has a good setup at school. So there you think, well, I, how can I impact him? How can I, you know, how can I best influence him and support him in his education? So what I've realized that when he's with me, and I'm not saying his mum doesn't do this or that she's not involved, but when he is with me, my focus is to the joy of learning. I want to influence him in 
in that way. I want him to get excited about learning. So for example, he doesn't like being pushed with the reading. Does he like reading? Maybe. With me, he sort of seems to do it as a chore because he's doing it before he goes to bed or any time, really. He just seems to think it's a chore, which I think is a real shame. And so one of the things I know he loves doing when he's here is going out into the backcountry. Uh, so, you know, up a backcountry road into the wilderness, into the mountains. Um, and so I made a point, and I may have mentioned this before, but I made a point of like 24 hours. I was like, okay, let's go out for 24 hours. Me and you will go out in the evening um, and we're going to go and look for animals. And we did. And we saw a moose. We saw um, an elk with a young one. We saw a couple of mule deer as well. We saw an osprey nest. Um, he went diving for freshwater mussels, all these things, right? And I do, I forget if I've mentioned this before. So forgive me if I have. But the point of my story is that I know he gets really excited about those things. So then when he's asking me questions about the animals and he's paying attention to his surroundings, I say to him, what about grabbing the tracking book? Have a look through that. That's going to give you some answers to the questions you have. How big's a porcupine, dad? I don't know. Look it up in the book. Oh yeah, great. He looked through that tracking book, reading it and looking at all the notes and the pictures and such. Um with huge like such enthusiasm compared to the way he would look at the reading books but he's reading so because he's i'm finding something that engages him he gets really excited about the reading and so by paying attention to the thing and he didn't ask for that he didn't say dad can we go in the back country i just remember thinking what haven't we done this year that we usually do that i know you love well that's one of the things and so by doing that, by spending time with him, doing something that he loves, even just for that short time, it's one day. Well, first of all, because that's something we don't do often, he remembers it. So that's in, like every, each year we do at least one, maybe two days like that. Just me and him out in the bush. He remembers that. That's first off. So I'm creating that kind of a bond and connection around that thing that he likes doing that's encouraging him to learn more about that. I also am lucky because I work for uh, liveit.earth. Check that out, liveit.earth, if you have kids, because it's a great learning platform. And I do customer success um, with this company. Um, great learning platform that is something that you can do with your kids in your home. Um, reach out to me. Maybe I'll be able to get you set up with an account if you're interested, because it's a, yeah, it's really good. So that's another thing we do. We will watch the shows uh, together um, and with those shows come various challenges, learning challenges. Uh, it's all connected to the school curriculum here in BC. Um, so that's something, so that just all links into the thing that he loves doing, which is spending time outdoors in nature with me. He may do that with his mum too. What she's doing, I'm not interested. That's another thing I would say. I am not in competition with his mum. I, I wouldn't say I don't have any interest in what they do. Like if he wants to tell me stories, and be excited about the things he's doing great but i'm not in competition just because she's doing one th i'm not going to worry about what she's doing with him there's no point i'm me i have my own interests i have my own way of paying attention to what he's doing in the world so that i want to instill a joy of learning with him any opportunity that i get and show some enthusiasm around that as well um so that yeah and it's that's what i do and it works um 
So that's one thing I would say around the joy of learning and having an influence. The other thing, and I've mentioned this before, but we do meditation. We don't do it often. Um, once every two weeks, probably, just because he's so busy um, in school and activities that, and just timing-wise, it can be tricky. But even doing that, and this is another thing the social clinical, the clinical social worker was saying, is she just acknowledged that she said, "Look, that's not. It's not common for people to be in the same space or in FaceTime too." quiet people can be really uncomfortable with the quiet so if you can do that with your kid even for five minutes that's all that's amazing connection and he's really enjoying the feeling he's getting from it because he reaches out to me and asks to do more meditation so if that if you haven't done that before i would encourage that so you can look it up on youtube kids meditation it's that easy um and they're more, there's some silence in them as well, but they are a visualization. So you have someone talk you through the meditation. Um, he loves it. I can't say enough about it. And I think that's worth doing as well. So that's another thing that we do that you might not think to do. If your kid lives with you every day, you're not necessarily going to think of these, you know, these other things, these ex extracurricular things, if you like, these activities that, um, that you can do together. So that's a good one as well. Um, what else can I say about, and I think the other thing as well to say around your kid being, um, you know, in another country, another household, when there's blended kids too, is pay attention to the siblings. Make sure you do one-on-one -on -one with them as well. Even if you live with multiple kids, spend some one-on-one -on -one time with each of them, um, at least once a week, uh, if not every day, even for 10 minutes, um, reading a story, whatever it might be, checking in with them. Um, that's a really good thing to do but I pay a lot of attention to quality time with the siblings with them spending time with each other or connecting on FaceTime so maybe we're doing a dance party on FaceTime haven't done that for a while but that's a good one um, or maybe actually the older brother reading to the younger brother that's a great one as well so reading is good um, getting them to send artwork to each other um, little pictures and things so my three-year-old will scribble down notes um, and it's really just a couple of lines that he's doing but then we mail that to big brother and he loves that he just got a package in the post well not uh, or an envelope in the post with about four different little pictures that his little brother had made um, a little key key ring things like that um, and who doesn't love getting mail can I just say that like we think about FaceTime and emails and sending images over but what about getting something in the mail? Um, you don't need to live on the other side of the world to appreciate getting something in the mail like that. Um, so just lots of that. And the other thing I'll say, and then I'll move on from this, because there's something else I wanted to share too about my three-year-old. Um, but is knowing what he's doing at school. So I have access online to his um, timetable. So I like to get that up so that he knows that I'm I'm keeping up with what he's doing. And sometimes it surprises him. I can ask him, oh, how was science today? Or how was your uh, football match? Or whatever. It would be soccer if you're in North America. But soccer, soccer, football. Um, how was it? Like, how did that go? And just being really mindful to keep up with him and tracking the events that are coming up for him. And, and also as well, being mindful to take pause and just to listen to where he's at like what's interesting him right now like he went um 
He had a weekend trip away last weekend and he had so much information to share about that. And sometimes I start telling him what I'm doing and then I think, hang on a minute, let's just be where he's at right now. Like, where's he at? Like, what's interesting him? What's got him excited about the weekend? Where's his heart at? And so I, I'm very, and we're not all very good at it, but listening, just actually listening and then listening and asking the right questions. So paying attention and then sort of, you know, feeding back what I'm hearing and then asking questions around what he's excited about. But yeah, he just wanted to talk for like 10 minutes or so, like almost nonstop about this happened and then this happened and then this happened because he wants me to be involved. And yeah, that's where he's at. So I, yeah, I really pay attention to that stuff too. Um, So yeah, so don't lose the faith. If your kid is, you know, spending time away from you, it doesn't necessarily need need to be a bad thing. You don't need to be threatened by the other parent or worried that your connection is going to break because it's not. Just keep showing up. Um, I have a lot of other, you know, other things that I do um, that, you know, I will continue in the podcast over the coming weeks and months to share. But those are some of the things that are just sort of at front of my mind right now. Um, there was something else I was going to share too, if I can remember what it is. Um, oh, that's one that I wanted to share because this came up for me. And um, and it's the three-year-old. Um, he's going to be four in January. So he's, you know, he's a solid three and a half, I would say. Um, he's He can be a bit of a wild card. He has some very strong feelings that he expresses. Um, and he's very strong um, in his boundaries, I would say. Um, so what I've realized is that for me to deal with that, and again, I think I've mentioned this before, but um, I really focus on not escalating it. And it can be really easy to do that. Um, and so I have foc- been focusing more on validating his feelings so not saying things like, don't be dramatic, don't be silly. Um, he's got feelings. If he's crying and having a meltdown and freaking out, and it might be this, that he's tired, hungry, you know, all those kind of normal things. Um, he Maybe he's, I don't know, who knows? You just don't know. And I think it's just important to validate their feelings and saying, I believe you. I, I understand you're having these feelings and it must be really hard right now. Um, and so I'm here for you. And I'm really present. Because what they need is connection. And so it's really important to connect um, so that they can start. You just want to support them with bringing their emotions down. And one thing I've started doing, which he likes, and uh, it might sound a bit kooky, there's a thing called Rescue Remedy. It's like a homeopathic thing. Um, I used to use this as an outdoor educator guiding expeditions overseas. I used to use it. Um, when I would have every now and again a teenager having a meltdown, having a panic attack because they're far from home in a jungle or whatever. Um, That's a whole other story. Um, But it's really effective. Um, And how how it works, whether it's just in the mind or whether, you know, there's something going on there physically, rescue remedy works. And so I have one for him for the evenings. He does have a lot of um, like night terrors. And so I find it's really effective for that. Um, But yeah, I just think it's important that we need to listen and not respond from an emotional place. Part of our personal growth is not reacting, you know, responding. Respond, don't react. Um, 
so yeah so me and my wife we but you know we both do this um sometimes you push back because you feel threatened in some way um and i can yeah and i can definitely find myself sometimes wanting to push back with him because i think he's being unreasonable but he's three you know and who you know his emotions can get out of whack so i need to help him regulate those emotions by staying calm and so he's got actually really good now with breathing and definitely talked about this before but just breathing like three four big breaths in the nose out the mouth and actually my wife said yesterday that she one point he was being really difficult and hitting the meltdown button as it were and so he wouldn't do the breathing she was trying to get him to do the breathing and he wasn't doing it so she did it instead and her taking these big deep breaths and calming herself down and bringing her energy down not that she was you know she was feeling like like she was on a meltdown but just her doing that breathing really she said helped him and he started to calm down so yeah just finding ways to do that to sit with them and to let them work through their feelings not to get frustrated um yeah so don't react focus on responding breathing and calming your own energy down because yeah just yeah just that in itself and so and then actually the last thing i'll share today and this is a conversation i have with the social the clinical social worker and something that happened a couple of times in the last two days is our three-year-old just having a meltdown when there was a quick transition so for example um going to daycare and getting dropped off very suddenly the door being flung open me putting his bag in him standing there uh he just started he ran away actually this morning he ran away um, and started crying and said I'm, I'm feeling shy and what it was was it's not the normal drop-off usually the daycare lady is at the front door i'm there dropping him off and she gets he gets to pick up whether there's a verbal communication between us or not uh, he gets to pick up on the energy the nods uh the, that kind of brief interaction that we have as we're handing him over um and it's also routine too so he's used to her being there at the door and then he's got both of us are there and it's a gentle sort of trade-off if if, that, if that's the right way to say it uh but this time she wasn't there so we just opened the door put him inside the building put his bag to the side and it was all too much for him and then she started to come from the back of the room uh and he couldn't quite see her and then he can feel me leaving my presence kind of my energy shifting behind him and he's standing there alone and it was just too much for him and so he ran off this is a social kid by the way who loves going to going there and has a very good relationship with the daycare lady so it's just then i just i had to go and get him she came and she's good at this she crouched down so she's at the door but she's brought herself down to his level I then walk there and start talking to her and then my thing and I do this often is okay what have you got in your backpack to show her what did you bring because you brought a couple toys and then he's thinking oh yeah toys I want to show her what I've got and so he gets excited about that and so we're shifting the energy getting him involved and thinking about something uh, other than me leaving and so then I just patiently stay there for about probably five to ten minutes um, as he's just warming up I was just my I was just sitting there or crouching down near him and just let him kind of warm up to the you know and accept that I can't rush off right now I need just to be here um 
And then I talked to the clinical social worker about this. And what it is, it's, um, oh, she had a term. And this is why I like, you know, I love actually these going to these people, uh, these professionals that have this experience and this knowledge because there is a term for this. And it's it's about the transition anyway. It's got to be a gradual transition. Um, sorry, I don't have any fancy language. Um, but I'm just sharing that because that came up today from speaking to her. And it was something that I had already this morning acknowledged or uh, recognized speaking to my wife, I I said, all the things that are happening, they're all very sudden. So he's freaking out when there's a sudden transition from one thing to the next. So grandma comes to pick him up. It's too much. But if grandma comes, comes into the house and takes a few moments to, to check in and yeah, there's an interaction between mom and grandma. And then grandma says, hey, do you want to come to my house? He's much, he's much It's much easier for him uh, to shift as opposed to grandma just turns up and says, hey, right, let's go. So the gradual transition is really important. Um, so anyway, that's just something with a very strong feisty three-year-old that we've yeah, acknowledged. And one of the things that works with that also is the alarm saying, okay, you've got five minutes. I'm going to put the alarm on. Then when the alarm goes off, it just works for him. That's one thing that he, that likes, he likes that warning. Uh, I've got a little bit of time when the alarm goes off. Okay. I understand that. That's the transition that's going to happen. Um, Anyways, so that's me. I just wanted to share some of that stuff um, because there's no guest this week. Um, we're actually going to the UK for four weeks because um, we're going to go and see my son over there. Um, he has a break. And that sounds like mum's back as well. So that's a good time to, to finish off this week. But yeah, I hope to get a podcast out in the next couple of weeks here. But we are away for four weeks. Um, and so I haven't been... It's hard to get guests line up when you know, with work going away. Uh, so I will, I will see what I can do in the next few weeks, but I will certainly set, uh, put another podcast out in the next little while here, um, sharing, yeah, how that trip is going. And, you know, again, any tips and tricks I can think of to share for anyone that is separated for their, from their kid, um, which I think also helps for anybody that is daily with their kid. Um, that maybe not thinking about meditating, maybe not thinking about taking their kid out in the bush uh, or into nature um, for some some connection in the outdoors, which I think is really powerful. Of all the things, nature and spending time with your kids outdoors is the most powerful in my in my experience and my opinion uh, based on that experience. Uh, but yeah, as always, thank you for listening. Um, yeah, I know there's uh, there's certainly some parents that reach out to me and appreciate me sharing and being very open and honest. And that's kind of why I'm here. So I'm going through a lot as a parent um, with the challenges that I have, but I'm figuring out how to navigate through it. And if anything I share, anybody can benefit from that, then um, then it's all worthwhile. Um, yeah, you got to kind of find the good in the bad, as it were. Um, but yeah, thank you as ever. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, please do share and subscribe and leave a rating or an even better, a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Please find us on Facebook and Instagram at Dab Without Borders. And a full list of episodes can be found at dabwithoutborders.com. Thanks for supporting the show and we'll see you next time.